0: Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video
1: games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So
0: that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener... Join us on this adventure. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to Projectile Lunchcast episode 56. My name is Marcel, I'm super stoked to have all of you dear uh, potential... Stanches somewhere out there, listeners with us, and us being not only myself but also Busty. Hi hi. And um, today we are gonna talk about you know I thought I thought Busty like since last week we, we skipped a week we didn't do a new episode. Um, I thought we we're gonna make it up to people this week by talking about video games maybe.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, once in a while you can talk about video games, right?
1: Without being too nerdy, right? Like if I think if we talked about video games every week, like we'd start to be a little bit nerdy like if we only do it every two weeks and by the way we still plan to have an episode next week it doesn't mean that the projector lunchcast is going to be bi-weekly from now on it's just that last week things didn't line up Um, let me find a smooth segueing way Uh, last week we didn't record a new episode because we were mourning the death of Batman slash Bruce Wayne
0: master of in action
1: fantastic right so um as i'm sure many of you are aware because once again i think there's no good reason to to listen to this podcast unless you're into video games or you're my mom is she actually listening mom, to the podcast um she's not but um, every time uh, i uh, um, every time i'm at home and you know she comes like hey can you do this with my phone or can you fix this i always make sure like that she's still subscribed to the podcast
0: perfect right <laughs> so you're basically but i, I don't think she's listening it's like basically stories about voters who have been already dead and still vote for for parties during elections and stuff yes
1: just like like snowball snowball 2 voted for uh you know tingle tangle i see um, how it, it is sideshow, sideshow bob as um as mayor of springfield that's exa- essentially my mom yes um so but yeah once again you know i assume that most of our dear listeners are kind of following gaming news uh, if you haven't, or if you need a refresher, because you know, like uh, the new scape in 2020 is moving at 50 miles per hour, at least. Um, last week was the DC FanDome, which was essentially their take on an online streaming replacement for San Diego Comic Con, which you know, for very obvious reasons didn't take place this year. Um, they had a bunch of stuff, that had the first trailer for uh, Matt Reeves Batman. They had the first trailer for the Snyder cuts of Justice League, which is still hilarious uh, to me. Do
0: you know what the uh, problem with that one is? Imagine uh, Snyder- that, that, that is a landmark. We will say in a couple of months from now. When—when when is it supposed to come out?
1: Uh, next year, actually. I think I don't mm-hmm. know when exactly. It's going to so, be on HBO Max next year. As of I think four, it's going to be cut up into like a four episode uh, each episode being one hour so like four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League
0: the release of that Zack Snyder cut will ignite a whole new era of um, fan entitlement I tell you
1: absolutely it's it's terrible like dude like uh, this is uh, essentially we're, we're teaching people like if you're being obnoxious enough um, maybe you'll get your will um, which already, and to this day, I still say that like, uh, Bioware made a terrible, terrible mistake by budging on the on the ending of Mass Effect 3. I agree. Like, you know, um, if 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 you fan if fans react strongly to you know stuff that is broken, stuff that is buggy or so, absolutely by all means you know that stuff that should be fixed. But like a creative decision, if you don't like the story, you, you should still respect the creators in saying, this is the story we wanted to tell. Maybe it's not the story you wanted to hear in the end, maybe you're unhappy with that, that's fine. But, like, going out there and being like, nope, um, dear creator, change stuff so I always like it. That's a very slippery slope. I agree. But coming back to, you know, a fandom, uh, there was not just the Zack Snyder thing, but there was also video games. And uh, as, uh, as we discussed, but today we want to talk video games. Um, and there were two new DC video games announced. Um, interestingly enough, neither of them are a Batman game in name. Um, but it's clear where the the heritage of those games is is coming from because the first game announced uh, on Saturday night, uh, European time, so sometime during the day in the US, was Gotham Knights from Warner Brothers Games Montreal, uh, which is coming in 2021. Uh, It's a game, like there's four different characters uh, that you can play. Um, There is Batgirl, so Barbara Gordon, the Barbara Gordon version. There's Nightwing, Dick Grayson, who was the first Robin. Uh, there's Red Hood slash Jason Todd, who I think is actually the bad guy in in um, Arkham Knight, right? I think so, yeah. And you have Robin, uh, Tim Drake. Now this one is interesting. Um, you have four different characters that you can seemingly freely choose which one to use in which mission, and you can you know level them up. They all have the progression stuff, but it's two-player co-op actually. And Missed that is the yeah it's a cross-gen game maybe not that that is part of the reason i don't know it's a cross-gen game it's coming next year to uh, pc ps4 ps5 xbox one and xbox series x and totally not that other xbox series which doesn't exist as we all know because it hasn't been announced yet right um that was one game from as i mentioned like one brothers games montreal so these fine people the last game and this is going to be interesting later on uh, the last game they shipped before this was uh, Batman Arkham Origins in 2013. So it's gonna be quite a while between the games. And the second game they announced that, uh, I almost forgot what it was called, DC Fandom, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, Dom, Fandom, Dome, it was that, that, yeah, that pun. I like puns, the puns are, you know, the gentleman's art, art form. Um, the second thing was Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League from Rocksteady Studios which is coming 2022 so it's still far off it's a next gen only game uh, this one actually has four different characters but also four player co-op and what they have on offer is uh, Harley Quinn there is Deadshot uh, Captain Boomerang and King Shark um, as the four different characters King so shark they... For the win. yeah they just had a, a CG trailer that um, I from what I've seen online I was not the only person who was like from the tone and the vibe kind of a little bit reminded of sunset overdrive.
0: It looked like the whole color palette um, looked incredibly like sunset overdrive. but to be honest for me in a good way like I, I love that you 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 don't have that typical either like super grim uh, dark gritty uh, kind of like stuff which you have especially in the in the Batman games or the kinda, Mm, boring standard color palette you have in stuff like Avengers. <clears throat> like you know what I mean? It's vi- like, it like like extremely vibrant and great. I loved it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I have to say, um, one of the reasons I, I apart from the characters just being much cooler, much better, um, that I prefer Marvel over DC comics stuff is is that you like I I always have a problem with. A lot of this DC stuff, and here's a shout out to Zack Snyder, uh, being that very, you know, very forced, forced, gritty, dark. You know, look at us—we're so mature and serious. Where I think to myself, it's still fucking people in spandex. Yeah. You know, so at a certain point, like there is no need to pretend that something, yeah, something like Justice League is is only for adults, right? It's still superheroes, um, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, I love it because you know, it, it this should be stuff that doesn't take itself too serious, in my book, at least. Um, and, and, you know, I do take my adventures serious, but, you know, not too serious. Like, it's a fine path to to trot. And um, what I really liked about the Suicide Squad, yeah, like the color palette, uh, it, that it, it doesn't look, you know, because, of course, also all of Rocksteady's Batman trilogy games, I've played two of them this year. Um, they are quite, you know, very dark, very, very dark colors, everything very muted, rainy, uh, you know. And um, to see, you know, like here, the complete opposite, you know, like sunny, uh, sun drenched, bright colors, as you said, it it looks fun. Yeah, it it looks quite interesting. And I also have to say that like, even with Arkham Knights, like maybe it was like, because of like all the colors, like it's, you know, essentially they associate one color, which is each of the four characters in Ark, sorry, in Gotham Knights, not Arkham, it's Gotham Knights. Um, Even that already looked, you know, like more colorful and more vibrant, like a little bit, you know, more cheerful or something like that, than then the Batman game. So I'm quite quite excited about those. I have to say.
0: One thing though, I'm getting very very tired of that Superman Aquaman. for whatever reason. No, I like Aquaman. Aquaman oh. is great. Superman for whatever reason, uh, if it's a mind control, alternate universe or whatever, uh, getting getting uh, is becoming the bad guy, the villain. Like I think they overplayed that a little bit in video games and comic books etc so that was when like when superman showed up i bet nobody who has seen the trailer was like oh we haven't seen this one before
1: i mean to be to be honest, like they did before release a, a a teaser image to announce that suicide squad is going to be shown there that already had a a evil looking superman with a target painted on his head you know so and, and of yeah, course true. the title of the game is, is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League so uh, I, I would assume that at least you know like DC hardcore fans because I think Kill the Justice League it's it's the name of a comic story arc as well for, for Suicide Squad so um, but yes you are not the only one like I have heard other people um, you know on Discord or so say that um, evil or your like mind controlled or whatever Superman is kind of getting boring for them but uh, at the same time I think it's like Maybe the only really way to have Superman in a video game, because like as a hero, he would be super boring. Kinda. I mean, so, the Superman um, sixty-four, right? <clears throat> and maybe there is a reason why there's no other <laughs> Superman games. <laughs> what was that? Was that actually what was the last one like just pure Superman game, right? Yeah. And that was the one we just flew through rings the entire yeah, time, right?
0: it was. Um, it is quite something. Quite something. If you if you can get a copy somewhere, uh, get it by all means. Uh, but check it
1: out on YouTube it's uh, it's uh, something to behold certainly is um, so moving on sm- moving uh, you know segueing smoothly um, apart you know from of course like these games looking cool I mean you know me I do like kind of super superheroes even if these are the inferior ones it has to be said yet again because the you know the real superheroes like you know the, the, this is amateur level like the real pros are coming out next year yeah, sorry next week and it is, to be honest, apart from Spider-Man, it is quite quite painful as a Marvel and video game fan that, like, usually DC gets much better video games. To be honest, uh, it has to be said, like, uh, that they do that much better. Um, I have a question for you. Before, actually, I just remembered something. I have a question for you. So you said you're fine with Aquaman, mm-hmm. right? But you also like, uh, you're also fine with with the King Shark. Mm-hmm. But here, so in the press release announcing the game, it says playable characters feature blah 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 and king shark the demigod humanoid shark and rightful ruler of the seas so who is actually who's the rightful ruler of the seas is it aquaman or is it king shark
0: holy shit they they said demigod that is that is impressive to be honest uh, it's it's probably the shark because i, I mean it's a shark
1: you... wearing a wa- wearing a wife beater right exactly
0: how can you top that now to be honest the reason why i like aquaman is is Especially the point you made before with the, with the grimdark uh, DC universe. I even liked the Aquaman movie, even though a lot of people said it was really, really shitty. But I just had stupid fun with that movie. And I usually don't have stupid fun with DC properties or rarely nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like mostly they're very grim or very dramatic or whatever. But that that, that was like a perfect stupid popcorn movie. And that is why I enjoy Aquaman as a character. That that character is completely bonkers, but um, goes against the, the whole uh, grim, rainy
1: world of darkness, kind of like
0: DC vibe.
1: So who do you think would win in a fight? Cal um, uh, Drogo? Or a shark wearing a wife beater? Or Dwayne Rock Johnson?
0: Ooh, before you said Dwayne, I would have said, I go for the shark all the way, but with Dwayne.
1: Please, but, please. Mm. The dwar- the, sh- the shark and the, d- and the wife, Peter, that's important. You know, he's Dwayne, not a new shark. Dwayne he's wearing pants and a wife, Peter.
0: Dwayne would win over the shark with his uh, smile, with his irresistible smile. I'm sorry. But I could totally see Dwayne um, acting like uh, in, a, in a movie with a, the, with a, what's the shark name again? Sharkman. King Shark. Shark-y, King, shark. King Shark. Even better playing I could he's not totally he's see... not
1: he's not a pleep he's a king he's king shark it's not a pe- he's not peasant shark you know
0: i could totally see Dwayne uh, mo-capping and and voice-overing uh, king shark
1: actually i could see that as well with like a fo- like we you know like cg fin on his head or something hey mm-hmm. like Dwayne rock johnson like is there anything this man could not do
0: oh i think he's uh the he's currently the highest paid actor in in hollywood right I think even like in, in two years in succession or something. But we wanted to talk about but video games, I actually right?
1: think I, I think I read something the other day that said like it's Ryan Reynolds, which I would be totally fine with. Yeah, true. Because, you know, Ryan Reynolds can do anything like, as far as I'm concerned.
0: But video games?
1: Video games. So apart from, from thinking like, hey, these are cool looking games. Um, The other thing that I've already been thinking about for a while because um, I noticed throughout this year that, you know, when it comes to, to fake and made up leaks and rumors on reddit or 4chan or whatever um batman is up there with the best you know it was always like what game does get the most fake rumors it's gta it's um starfall no it's not star starfield uh, because todd and and batman so you know and, and so as i kept reading reading all this stuff i i kept thinking it's been a while hasn't it and yes um as I mentioned, Gotham Knights—it's a new game from Warner Games, Warner Brother Games, Montreal. It's coming 2021. That means it will be more than seven years since the last game, because the last game they released was Arkham Origins, which shipped in 20—sorry, uh, October 2015. Holy shit. Uh, Sorry, nine, 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 nine. Sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> I mistyped. It, it shipped in October 2013. It shipped right before next-gen uh, or current-gen consoles released, like a month before. So essentially, this is a studio that has so far completely missed a generation. And, you know, depending on how you want to do a generation, I mean, it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One, but but it will be out after the next gen of consoles has already released. So, you know, if you want to put it like that, that studio has missed this complete console generation. That's a very, very long time. That's crazy. And almost as bad for, for Rocksteady. Because by the time Suicide Squad, the Kill the Justice League is released in 2022, It will also have been um, most likely seven plus years because the last time they shipped a full-fledged game, it was Batman Arkham Knight that came out in June 2015. So uh, for both of these studios, seven years for a a, superhero co-op games, that's a long time, I'd have to say.
0: Do you know? um... I know everything. Mm, How many units Arkham Knight sold
1: roughly? I don't know that but everything else you could ask but but it's an
0: interesting topic matter like I mean uh, skipping a whole con- like having only one title in a console generation is truly something but skipping a whole uh, generation um, especially the risk attached to that I mean if you if, you, uh, um, if you're if a GTA as an example right you know oh. you sell a shit ton of copies Mm. Uh, because everyone wants to have their shark dollar, so how is it called? Um, shark sharks again. Um, um, and it's a king shark world. Yeah, and you bank heavily on post-launch, but on um, post-launch content for for many many years to come. But overall, you're such a huge hit that you make so much money out of that game um, that you milk that game so much that usually you can say, okay, they will have enough financial backbone to wait for a long time. Um, or, or take a long time to make the next game without getting into financial trouble, but with something like Rocksteady, etc., seven years of development. If you think that uh, you usually A title, let's say, comes comes in three years, let's say, that means the cost for that game, obviously excluded marketing, um, but headcount, etc., licenses for for software, is twice as high because it took twice as, 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 as uh, much time to develop that game right and i wonder um even though when you work with the property or a game or a name like gta attached to it where you know okay we will most likely create a huge hit if you are let's say rocksteady whatever i don't know if it is is it so sure that you will have like that mega hit and think about the risk attached to that if a company who banks only on one big game after so many years all of a sudden has a fail a financial fail um, that that can get dicey really really fast and get you into trouble. Like even for companies like um, CD Projekt Red, I doubt that um, they are they have probably a lot of money in the banks and in their basement right now. But banking on one big title, pushing marketing so heavily, working for so many years on one game, even to that point that the stock market will react to that. That all of a sudden CD Projekt Red has more value in the stock market than uh, Ubisoft just because of that one game and everyone goes crazy about it and then for whatever reason that game is not successful this can make or break a whole company
1: I mean I think Rocksteady is gonna be fine cause if push comes to shove they can just you know uh, go to Dead or Alive route like just release hundreds of very expensive bikini skin DLCs <laughs> for uh, Harley Quinn and perverts are gonna buy that
0: true Especially how the Harley um, Quinn fan fan train is going strong.
1: It feels like uh I, I, I'm fairly sure there's gonna there's several like you know, Halloween or costume companies in the US that own their survival purely to this character. That and and sexy pizza delivery man or something. <laughs> sexy
0: pizza delivery man.
1: Um so yeah, I I've been wondering what 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 can be reasons because it's a trend I've noticed um this generation that there are uh quite a few less triple A games than we saw in the past. Um and I I got I'm going to have for you in a second a a couple of studios and a couple of franchises that you know as examples of that trend. But I've been wondering what can be some of the reasons for that stuff. And um of course it can be canceled projects so like you know maybe what you're seeing now is not the game they were they started working on 7 years ago allegedly this is the case for both uh water brothers uh G- water brother games montreal and rocksteady um again allegedly uh, word is that montreal actually used to work in a suicide squad game that was then eventually canceled when rocksteady started doing one um there's been talk about one of them doing a um game where he would play as damian wayne so bruce wayne's son uh, as a new batman or so so there's like all kinds of stories going around but Given that it's been seven years, it's going to be seven years. I'm inclined to believe that you know maybe for both of these studios, this was not the first game they started working on immediately after yeah. you know um, the last thing they worked on. Um, another reason, of course, and you know that's something we just have to acknowledge that um, in new games um, these days, AAA games, they take a lot of time uh, with their production values, um, much more so than in the past. And I think a perfect example of that is Rockstar. We're going to talk about them in a moment. Ooh. Um, where you know if if you if you look at something like like Red Dead Redemption or so, um, you, you know it's like it, it's it's still like stupid to me, and I feel like it's a waste. But like once you decide to go to the root of like you know um, horse testicles that change their size due to weather conditions or temperature, you're gonna be busy for a couple of years, right? I um, to so be honest with
0: that one, I mean yeah, they, like the amount of animation, especially they have in that game, is absolutely. Cool completely bonkers it makes almost no sense at all but with the horse testicle thing i wonder if that was a game dev in his spare time his or her spare time who knows uh just just having having a good laugh and a crack about that thing and then one of in one daily stand-up mentioning oh by the way i just uh, over the weekend created uh, uh, physics based horse testicles or if that was actually something where a producer clocked in okay you know uh jerry you get uh Eight you know, hours five hours force to for horse testicles gonna make it happen
1: are you are you uh, yeah, state with like your
0: that... horse testicles yet uh,
1: to me that's one of those stupid things you know where it it totally makes sense to do stuff like that a it's pointless like it doesn't make sense at all but it does totally make sense because it feels like for a while every single article i've read about that game online somebody mentioned oh it has such attention to detail like the the size of the horse testicles it changes upon time. You know, like it's it's essentially it doesn't add anything to the game, but it's perfect press fodder, an influencer fodder. Yeah, you know, this true. is this is this stuff gets coverage, uh, and that is a completely different topic where I have some very choice thoughts and opinions about. Um, but it does work, you know, because clearly um everybody talks about it, everybody's read about it, so clearly it it worked, you know. So good job, Jerry. Uh, well, that was eight hours or whatever. Well spent.
0: You as a marketing person, Marcel. Could oh, yes. you could you see yourself sitting in a meeting uh with a production team and a game director or whatever and demanding horse testicles as a marketing key beat from the development team could you see yourself in that position
1: um no but there's not not, not that one no. but there's definitely things uh, that i can think of where i would say hey um how about doing this or that it may not add you know much to the overall game experience but it's it's perfect social media or whatever fodder, you know. Of course, it always has to be in relation. to you know how much work is it? Um, is a couple of funny tweets worth fifty hours of work? Probably not. No. Is it something a, a you know a dedicated programmer can do in an afternoon? Might actually be worth it. So um, who knows? But yeah, obviously, you know. I mean, we talk about it, we joke about it. But as you mentioned, like uh, Red that redemption. I mean, it has an absurd attention to you know visual detail. And that's just you know, one of the ways it's expressed. Like, obviously, um, everything about that game looks great. Yeah. Um, another thing, and maybe this is again, uh, you know, where also we have to talk about Rockstar in a moment. Uh, but of course, we see that more and more games in this industry, more and more developers are kind of trans- transitioning to a games as a service model. So, whereas in the past it was, okay, push out game, maybe do two DLCs and, uh, that are finished after six months, and then everybody's no working on the next game that's going to be out in two, to three years we see more and more developers who try to, you know, um, support the games over a longer time, uh, try to keep that engagement high, of course, you know, try to encourage people to keep spending. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's just the way it is, like, that's not mince words about that. Um, that could, of course, also be a reason that, you know, um, sometimes it becomes this thing, whereas in the past, as you just mentioned, you know, like, in the, in the past, it was like, we put out this game, and then we quickly have to release a new game, you know, to make money. Uh, Whereas this time it's like, okay, if our last game is still successful, we can still sell stuff for that as with GTA Online, for example. That of course gives us the comfort that we can spend more time, you know, working on our next game and making it great. Whereas maybe in the past, studios had more pressure to put something out, you know, to put food on the table and money in the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is definitely also a factor. So with all of that said, I have, and, and by me, I when I say I I also mean the my Twitter hive mind because you know what is my favorite way to do research these days and just ask people on Twitter and Discord and see what, what smart things they can come up with because in general, people out there are smarter than me. They're more hard working and I'm lazy. You didn't record this, did you?
0: No. Nope.
1: Excellent. Um, so here's a couple of examples, right? Um, for for what we just described this phenomenon of develop so essentially what I was looking for is developers that had a much lower output generation uh, so one game or or you know even even no games um, series, uh, franchise and developers um, and especially going to see that uh, how much that has changed from previous generations for some of the same studios um, so the first one to come up here and uh, you will notice that there's actually a lot of first party studios here interestingly hmm. enough maybe they also maybe that can also be a factor. You know that for first party stu- whereas third party studios now obviously they just make money you have to make money or a living from making games with first party studios is also maybe you know they they get more leeway they get some more some more time to put out games because if in the end that game sells consoles you know long term from like um, from your royalties and stuff the, the company will make that money back whereas yeah, yeah with developers you know it's you, you just make a game right um, so first one up is retro studios. Uh, the last games, plural, they made were Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which came out in 2014 for the Wii U, and in 2018, a Switch port. So the last time they released a fully new game, it's been six years now, um, and the the last thing they put out was two years ago, a port of that game from six years ago. Hmm. Now, uh, what they are currently working on, pardon me, I have to, I have to stop this cat from, from destroying things. Nope, off you go. Goodbye to you, farewell. Oh yeah, I think I think any cat owner can 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 totally relate. Um, what happened with them is that in early twenty nineteen, Nintendo actually announced that Metroid Prime Four uh, is restarting development over at Retro, because the studio that had initially been given you know the the mandate to develop that game uh, handed in work that Nintendo wasn't happy with. So for one and a half years or so now, Retro has been working on Metroid Prime Four. Uh, what was confusing there to me was why they didn't give it to Metro in the fr- to retro in the first place, because you know, those guys, according to fans and according to sales and according to reviews, it seems they did a pretty good job with the first Metro three Metro Prime games, right? So I have no clue why they would go. Yeah, we still have that studio. Um, let's make some studio that has nothing to do with Metro. Like, let's, do, let's, let's Let's those guys make Metro Prime 4. That's a smart move. Uh, God knows why. Hmm. explain Busty. justify justify yourself nintendo Busty. i
0: mean how big is that that that, that studio i mean and how how successful was donkey kong
1: uh, i don't know i mean to be fair like in their defense uh, on the wii u i think it was virtually impossible for any yeah. game to be successful yeah. overall um just because the install base was so small but i guess it was a good game right
0: i mean there are two two things i mean obviously um especially when it comes to first party stuff nintendo has i mean correct me if i'm wrong um because i i skipped a lot of the um game boy um consoles and got on board with nintendo products again mainly with the switch But they have usually a very high, high standard when it comes to their first-party titles. Like, you can expect a lot of quality when it's an actual first-party Nintendo game. Maybe that was a problem. I don't know. Um, Also, I had the feeling that with the the Switch, especially after the Wii U, maybe Nintendo was a little bit shell-shocked and and it took some time to reinvent themselves. I mean, there are sometimes stories where I have actually no idea why it takes so long. Or let's say a successful company like Rockstar doing... um, doing um gta or red dead and there are sometimes stories where the development was actually very very rocky and they had to go through several iterations or were not finding really the way or even had financial trouble i don't know it's really hard to tell for me the donkey kong franchise like there are sometimes ip's especially with nintendo where like there's always like a new yoshi game or whatever yoshi island or i don't know where i have actually no idea how successful are these like let's say um b-level um ips nowadays b-level ips it might might have been something different n64 or super nintendo because yes uh, we all played mario odyssey and mario kart etc but there are a lot of like franchise games from nintendo where i have actually no idea who how many copies they sell because all the people I know owning a Switch, they have their Mario Odyssey, they have their Mario Kart, etc. maybe Smash. But when it comes to... Do you own uh, a Yoshi game, Marcel?
1: I do not own a Yoshi game, which is funny because Yoshi is my favorite character from the Mushroom Kingdom. He's also cute. the only one I like.
0: Um, he's cute a little bit weird. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I have actually no idea how successful uh, these, like, let's say, nowadays B, B-level franchises are. And I wouldn't say... That Donkey Kong is as popular as it was, in the, especially with the N64. And the, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, I think
1: Nintendo. between between, um, uh, I think your know, most Nintendo games obviously have much lower uh, uh, production budgets than triple other triple games. Yeah. Um, they have stylized graphics. Everything is much lower res. You know, they don't have to worry about 4K and stuff like that. Um, so I'm fairly sure that between the, the install base, um, you know, the, the, the loyalty of Nintendo fans, the overall high quality, I'm fairly sure that almost everything Nintendo puts out, you know, at least pays for itself. I don't think, you know, they have a lot of games that's Maybe Devil's third, but you know, um, the games they develop themselves, I think they're always doing well for them. In this case, I think with Retro was also that there's been a lot of rumors about the canceled games they worked on, allegedly, I think they worked in a pitch for Zelda game and stuff like that. So here it feels like they've, uh, been working a lot of stuff, trying out a lot of stuff, nothing really stuck. And then when when uh, the, the other studio didn't have success with Metro Prime 4, Nintendo just remembered that they still have, you know, the studio that made the first three Metro Prime games and just gave it to them. So fingers crossed, you know, um, that they're going to uh, hit their strat again, because, again, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about, like, no. um, okay. the first Metro Prime games. Then uh, another studio we've already talked a lot about, uh, Rockstar Games. So um, the last two major new, fully new games that Rockstar released were GTA V, um, which in case you forgot, came out October 1st, 2013. That game came out before the current generation consoles came out. And those consoles are now seven years old almost. And Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out in 2018. So in the past um, seven years, uh, they've released two new games. Um, now, of course, as we mentioned, there's there's a couple of factors here. Um, gta or like their games in general they are of course hugely ambitious um there's hundreds if not these days we know everything included thousands of people working on that stuff um they support them a lot all the online stuff Um, of course the gta online which is hugely successful uh, red dead online which is much less so than gta but still is is getting frequently supported with new stuff um but what really stuck here stuck out to me here was that so on the ps2 and of course no yes we're talking about you know sd graphics it has nothing to do with the way stuff looks these days and there were three gta games in three years um the ps3 over the course of a generation still had two games with um gta 4 and gta 5 and as it stands right now uh leaving aside a port it feels like the ps 4 generation will not have a single gta game released crazy so that is actually a a franchise that as far as new games go is most likely I mean, you know, you never know what Rockstar does, and of course, you know, with their popularity, they could announce tomorrow that a that GTA Six is coming out in two weeks, and it would still be the biggest seller of the year. But um, as it stands right now, I think it would not be unreasonable to expect that probably there's not going to be any GTA, any new GTA game in this entire console generation, right? I mean,
0: what was uh, like like I, I I get the feeling that especially with the 360. And PS3 era um, was choke full of games and before that especially the PS2 was a console where people people released games like crazy on that one but it, yeah it seems to be it It has slowed down significantly but I think another problem is maybe especially for a game like GTA um, GTA looks damn good and we hit the f- from 480p to 720p and then the big jump from 720p to 180p there was like big leaps in console generations in in quality improvement, etc. And then we hit the 180 uh, generation, and we had yeah checkerboard rendering uh, uh, 4K sometimes in, with low lower frame rates, etc. But this big leap in visual fidelity, other than let's say um, some standout breakout hits like um, as an example, uh, Red Dead Two. Which looks absolutely stellar, but maybe yes. they're looking more for like like the GTA 5 is so successful when it comes to the post-launch lifecycle. Maybe they want to wait until they have the feeling the next GTA GTA 6 will look significantly more bombastic and crazy and visually improved to GTA 5, so that people have the feeling oh this is a, like a proper next-generation GTA uh, GTA game. And um, I think. Um, while on the PS2 era uh, they released tons of games which look very very much the same they wouldn't have like necessarily made themselves, uh, d- did themselves a favor if they would have released the GTA 6 too early because it would just like kill the uh, post-launch moment of GTA 5 and maybe people would get easier bored by the franchise um, than having this kind of like ongoing constant um, post-launch support, I don't know, it's, it's weird for me
1: I, I mean I think there's a sizable audience out there of people who do not play Gta online um like a sizable number of people would be super happy to drop 60 bucks on a on a um, you know big Gta on a single player game every couple of years but um, yeah you know we'll, we'll see what happens I mean it's one of these franchises that can you know probably safely, um, release on next gen only because obviously that is going to sell consoles like yeah. matter right. People are going to buy a new console if it means they have to do that to play a new GTA game, and I'm sure that um, you know I'm sure that, that that Sony will try to find a way to have a PlayStation advantage for their uh, players on on the, the next GTA game for sure. Whatever that is, mm-hmm. you can only play as a Spider Man in in GTA on PlayStation.
0: I mean, what was uh, the 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 uh, rumors around the Red Dead Redemption two development costs? Something like super crazy, right?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, must must be several hundred millions, right?
0: So let me look check um, the, inter, the, the interweb. Red Dead Redemption sells massive twenty three million copies. Holy shit, this is numbers, numbers, just numbers. The numbers, Mason. What do they mean? but yeah easily a couple of hundred millions to be honest especially yes, um yes. Okay. the team size the talent they have i bet there are some people who get uh, fairly highly paid for video game standards over there um some analysts like the of brothers yeah some oh
1: well just one left but...
0: some analyst says a uh, hundred million a year just burn rate for the studio I don't know if that's true but um it's I can imagine that if there's one studio where development and cost will top the the most expensive Hollywood movies then it's probably Rockstar
1: definitely but you know like then again looking at their success or so the uh, how much money they make absolutely um So yeah, um, another example of a studio that took a very long break between projects is Sony Band. Um, they, of course, released Days Gone last year, last April, so April 2019. And before that, um, it took them seven, um, more than six years because the last game they released before that was Uncharted Fight for Fortune, a collectible Uncharted card game for the PS Vita.
0: Was it good? Um, because you you are into Uncharted games, right?
1: Uh, it's, I think, the only Uncharted game I have never played.
0: Ah, uh, you don't own the Vita? Or do you?
1: Uh, I did own a Vita. I, I bought a Vita specifically to play what it was called. Uh, Golden Golden Abyss? The, the Uncharted game for the Vita. Like uh, I specifically I, I, bought it to play I actually that, played that Which one. was actually a fun game. It was a, a fun game. Because I yeah. think
0: it was uh, part of PS Plus. Hmm. I think Days Gone. I don't know. That's a that's a weird story for me because I know when when it was first uh, teased uh, and shown, people got got excited. Then the development of that game dragged along for a very long time. Then people got completely over the whole zombie uh, 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 games. And I um, mean, I haven't played Days Gone, so take that with a grain of salt. But I think. Um has gone got a little bit too much flack for for the setting and stuff. So I think that, that there's gone suffered f- uh, from a very strong competition for many, many years in that segment of games. While it wasn't necessarily the, 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 the fault of the game itself, because a lot of footage I've seen, a lot of reviews, etc., I was like, wow, you judged that game very, very, very hard. Probably based on you have just played too many games which have similar mechanics, etc. But um, I, I perceive the, 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 the feedback Days Gone got always a little bit as unfair, in my opinion. I don't know.
1: Well, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people really like it, Um, as you know. And you know my policy on, on zombie games, yeah. so I didn't play it. But um, it certainly seems to have found its fans. You know, I, I think it was definitely successful enough to get a second attempt. Um, and, you know, I mean, a lot of franchises really hit their stride with the second game. Like the first one is, is a little bit rough around the edges, but has cool ideas. And then with the second one, you can really flesh that out. So that's true. Um, but yeah, again, like here, it was a case of um, a very, very long time. And um, uh, definitely also, you know, a studio that's only releasing one game, this whole console generation, of course, um, there is one more. And it's once again, Sony, uh, again, interestingly enough, um, and there's Sony Santa Monica. Uh, their only game in this generation is the, of course, hugely successful, super popular with, with critics, with gamers, with sales wise, uh, God of War from uh, 2018, uh, because it was the first game they released after five years after PS3 um, God of War Ascension. And of course, for them, it's also going to be the last, uh, you know, the, the first and last PS4 game. So, yeah, you, you have several Sony studios who only put out. Um, one game this whole generation, and what I find really interesting there is when you compare that to to Naughty Dog, you know, um, who of course have crazy production values as well. Uh, that Naughty Dog, um, even leaving aside the remaster of Last of Us One, they managed to put out three games this generation, right? Um, they had Uncharted Four, they had yeah, Uncharted true. Lost Legacy, and uh, Last of Us Two. Uh, all of them super successful, incredibly good-looking games. So it's quite interesting that uh, a lot of other Sony studios really. I don't seem to. I don't know if it's fair to say that they struggled, but like they definitely didn't manage to put out more than one single game this generation, right?
0: To, to be honest, I think with God of War, um, maybe they were at a point where an incredibly successful series was about to. To they had to to overhaul the whole series, right? I think they hit a point with the old games where they were like, okay, now we need to do something different. And I think this is more a case not of a not not of a probably not of a struggling development cycle, but more like here have one two years take your time work on a new concept on new ideas etc um you got to revamp that series reignite the flame but in a different way and we support you guys um pitch pitch several times until we find something something which is really really good so i think this is more like maybe a display of confidence in the case of god of war than anything else
1: You tell me? You are uh you are the designated Sony apologist in this episode. It is also Nintendo. Like whenever I have a question like you have to explain yourself in this in the in the shoes of that company at that moment.
0: It is the only God of War game I've never played, funny
1: enough. You played all the PSP ones from Reddit On? Yeah. Uh, this one is definitely worth playing I have to say it's a, it's a very very good game
0: It is. it sits on my hard drive for such a long time now but I don't know what it is why I haven't haven't played it yet but I, to be honest I liked I loved even the, the old God of War games for the whole like um, the whole gameplay loop but I also think that the series was about to they, they, they had to change course because they had so many games um, there was no way of doing just another God of War game not, not all another spectacle uh, kind of like god killing fighting fighting game so i uh, yeah, will definitely play it maybe maybe this year hopefully i have still a few especially ps uh, playstation games on my bucket list i want to want to finish or
1: even start they should so yeah these were a couple studios um but as i mentioned there's also i realized quite a few big name franchises that had one or even none games coming out this generation, surprisingly, and um, that was much less than for previous generations. Um, I mean, we already talked about GTA, you know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, in at length, uh, we have to, of course, name check his, his magnificence uh, the Todd of Howard. Um, because uh, Elder Scrolls, yes, of course, we all know the memes, there's been one or two ports of Skyrim along the way. Do we count and years of, course... of
0: development now, uh, like or years without a new game, or do we count? Skyrim re releases without a new
1: game. I mean, yeah, like for, for the other guys, like for GTA, or so we said, like, you know, like a, a real new game, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, Skyrim came out in 2011, mm-hmm. so there has not been a new mainline Elder Scrolls game already uh, for nine years. To be honest, I do not expect uh, uh, Elder Scrolls 6 to come out before 2024 or so, because as we know, there's still Starfield in between um and those games take a lot of time right so uh, maybe if we're lucky 2023 but i would expect Sky- uh, sorry elder scrolls 6 to come out in 2024 um so at which point it would have been 13 years you know oh, that's a shit. long time that's almost two console generations at that point um it has to be set here and that is in a scenario that's kind of similar to gta online is that um there's of course the elder scrolls online which according to everything I hear these days is is a very good MMO by now. Like I hear a lot of praise and that is constantly getting updated. Like every June or so they have like a major new expansions adding a new region, but also in between they have several DLC packs, they have ongoing, you know, like patches and updates. So there is, if you are, you know, um, if you're just interested in that world uh, of Thumbrail, then there is uh, you know, a lot to enjoy in Elder Scrolls Online. But if you are just a single player, player who wants that, you know, wacky, crazy, Hijinks, um, uh, Bethesda single-player role-playing action. Then it's it's been quite a while for you, if you're into you know Elder Scrolls, right? I, I can
0: imagine that they may be like even struggling with the idea for a new Elder Scrolls game, especially with Elder Scrolls Online, which taps into so many like different settings and and continents and con- uh, countries and in, in that world and races. And uh, I must say, I, I played once a while still. Um, but very like probably like once a year log in check out some content etc it is incredibly polished and I think what they did exceptionally well with Elder Scrolls Online is um, bringing the whole world of Tamriel to life and um, I think from that point on with the next Elder Scrolls game they need to do something very very special and interesting and maybe they're struggling with that Um, I must say with Elder Scrolls Online it's a little bit like the same route uh, Star Wars Old Republic went um, I think it's a very good game. It's very polished, but for me, my big problem with that one is um, it is, I think, not a good MMO in a sense of that the single player content and the stories and etc is super well crafted and great, but I sometimes wonder would that game be better as a single player game because M- MMO components are so eh, I don't know, like a little bit like uh, all the all the latest updates to. Um, Star Wars: The Old Republic were usually single player, uh, very, very, very focusing on, on single player. Up to the point that um, you had whole add-ons where you could, which you could basically only play as a single-player character without any any friend or party, etc. Which is which is weird, but maybe that's a problem. Like, wh- how would your next Elder Scroll game look like? What kind of like setting, Marcel? What what, what would you do?
1: I, to be honest, I don't think it has anything to do with that game per se, or, or like a, a lack of ideas. Um, because I, I think that obviously you know what what what, uh, what um, Tezo like so uh, The other Scrolls Online cannot you know cannot do is is really fill that same niche as the single player games with you know the mods um, just the crazy interactivity of like you can pick up anything right you can do you can stuff leave stuff whatever you want uh, you know. I'm gonna take these cheese wheels and then stuff it into somebody's house or whatever. Um, I think like you know, there's a, there's a lot of crazy stuff that like people really enjoy in those games, like really the sandboxiness that you cannot replicate in the MMO. So I don't think that a lack of ideas is a problem. I think it's just that obviously Fallout got in the way, uh, the popularity of Fallout. So they did Fallout 4, um, and they're they working, of course, on Fallout 76. Uh, I think that Starfield as their first own. I mean, you know, because essentially your know, fallout, yeah, they just bought, true. right? Like it, it was somebody else's IP that they bought up. So I think Starfield as their first new owned IP that they came up with in what, two decades or so, almost. Um, that probably takes like a lot of time and a lot of iteration. Um, we haven't really seen or heard anything about that game since for two years now, since it was announced. So. Um, yeah, I, I I would assume that you know once once Starfield is out, that uh, probably um that uh, the next Elder Scrolls is going to be much much smoother or much faster than than Starfield because that is a, a whole new thing. And of course, you know once you get to sci-fi, once you get to the idea of you know different planets and traveling, and whatever, like uh, you, know, you know the 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 uh, um, ambitiousness and everything like really blows up the ambition. Sorry, ambitiousness, ambition, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know we'll we'll see. But uh, what what is interesting here is. So there was no new game uh, as with GTA, but there's been ports and there's an online component or online game that's very successful, which is kind of similar to the next thing um, because Final Fantasy. We have in this generation only received one new mainline Final Fantasy game with um, Final Fantasy 15, right? Uh, Which came out in 2016. Um, There's been, of course, a ton of spin-offs. There has been many remasters. There's been the first part of the seven remake. Uh, there's been year, is is it yearly that uh, that fourteen gets expansions as well or every two? No, it's roughly a year, right? Yeah, roughly. Uh, those have been super well received to the point where, like, I think. What was the last one? Shadowbringers.
0: Well, I or to st- I stopped playing a couple of months ago. No, I think but... the last.
1: I think the last one is Shadowbringers. Shadowbringers I think it is after, one of yeah. the highest-rated Final Fantasy games, actually. Uh, critically. Um, so that is super successful. But again, here, you know, we, we have this weird situation where a, a franchise that in the past always had several single player mainline entries per console generation is down to one where we have, whereas we have you know, a lot of other stuff around it, we have the MMO that's super successful. Um, I think here of course it has to be mentioned you know, when we talk about like what are the different factors um that would final fantasy final Fantasy 15 of course had a infamously troubled development oh yeah uh, it, it was announced a decade before it came out as you know final fantasy 13 versus when they had that whole what was it called the fabula nova, nova Crystallis or something exactly um that whole idea that i never quite fully understood like if it was what what the connecting element was was it like just crystals or was it all the same world or something i don't know but to be honest i'm not sure if they quite knew themselves um so yeah um, i'm it's definitely going to be very interesting for me because you know uh, even though i'm not a a, the the biggest fan right i like these games but you know i'm not i'm not somebody you know who who sleeps in uh, um you know, like his Final Fantasy pajamas or something. But I have to say for me, it always feels like, you know, when a new console, when a new PlayStation console generation is announced, it doesn't really feel like proper until a new Final Fantasy is announced. Like, you know, for me, that was always one of those things. You know, there's there's certain certain things that go with it. Like, you know, a a Xbox always needs its halo. And even though it's third party, it's multi-platform. For me, it always feels you know a new PlayStation generation is not fully complete without a new Final Fantasy announcement um because that is usually one of the things is announced early it's usually you know something that blows people completely away visually and um, I'm really really interested to see you know uh, allegedly according to rumors you know it's maybe it won't be that long until we actually see Final Fantasy 16 announced again there's rumors that it's going to have the PlayStation advantage trademark um it's not a trademark actually don't get me legal trouble please but um, yeah, uh, I think that's going to be very interesting. And hopefully it, it seems like maybe they you know they, they managed to to sort out some things internally because a lot of their games for a while took very, very long. They always made the mistake of announcing them very, very early yeah. as well with some Final Fantasy projects or so. But uh, 7 Remake was a very good game. Uh, 15, it was kind of controversial, I think, but like also it sold very, very well. Did you, did you actually finish 15? Yeah.
0: Uh, the ending was wow. what, what was your verdict I really liked a lot of ideas in that game I like, I like I like that game in general I really like that game but I had the feeling especially how the story developed and then their plans for DLCs and the ending of that game you could see that probably the story and the whole game obviously uh, but also the story was going through tons of iterations um, during the troubled development time that at the end I have the feeling they had no clear vision how that game should have ended and what's going on so I think the story suffered in that regards but other than that I really enjoyed that game the flaws I see with Final 15 for me is also something where I mean you said that was a, the first entry of a series uh, obviously it's 15 but there was a game where after after especially after 13 the uh, the I think the was the first time where they showed off their own uh, their whole new engine. They changed a lot of things. They broke up the gameplay formula from very very linear to to open world again. Included a lot of things. So I think they had to reinvent themselves. So with a lot of the the things I struggled with Final Fantasy fifteen, I still enjoyed it. But I see that a next Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy sixteen. Will probably, hopefully, not suffer that much from from uh, that one because I have the feeling they had to find their new way. They had to test things out. Not everything worked as well as they maybe had to in mind, but it was also like a little bit of a, of a test case. Okay, let's let's see how it goes. And with the next one, hopefully, they have a way better idea what they want. So I'm actually looking forward to Final Fantasy 16. I enjoyed 15, uh, even though um, it was surely a game with a lot of like weird elements to it. Um... But I think with 16, they have now hopefully found their way. Seven, as you said, is incredibly well, uh, good. So I think with 16, we might might get a really, 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 really successful um, new entry in the in the Final Fantasy series, which is hopefully uh, will leave its mark on the whole series again. Because 15 was, as as many people, I think it sold well. And many people played that game. I had the feeling a half a year later nobody talked about that game anymore this is this kind of like game which is ha- missed to leave a big mark
1: on uh, gamers out there
0: on the long run that's true Yeah,
1: it certainly didn't have the impact of some of the early no. ones and who knows you know like if if, if we're going to see an announcement soon if maybe uh, you know, Final Fantasy 16 is out in 2022 then we may actually could potentially see two Final Fantasy games again next generation you know mainline games of 16 and 17 yep. who knows um we'll see now moving on to a franchise that I know you've never played Busty uh Bioshock mm. Mm. now Bioshock is not only the inspiration for the System Shock franchise as mm. you may know but no, it's uh, it's been a, a very popular franchise on last generation. Uh, obviously, it, you know, no. it, it was uh, it had three games in fairly quick succession on um, the 360 and PS3. But the last game in the franchise was Bioshock Infinite. Um, it came out March 2013, so roughly eight months before the current gen generation consoles came out, and. Yeah, nothing since. That was the last game. There was a, a remaster or a re-release of, of um, two of the games uh, yep. for current gen consoles. And last December, um, 2K Games announced the foundation of Cloud Chamber Games, a new studio, I think, in uh, Canada and California, like, to so two locations, that is working on the next Bioshock game. And there's been a ton of rumors over the years that different studios have been working on a new Bioshock game, supposedly, for example, Certain Affinity um, was one of them. But here it seems like with Metro Prime Four that whatever happened there, uh, it was never the thing that Two K, you know, was was happy with or was confident enough in even announcing it publicly. So yeah, you know, announcing new studio last December, um, I I would not expect you know that we see this game before two thousand and twenty-two, at which point it would have then also been like yeah nine years you know between Bioshock titles, right?
0: Um, I mean, we have to keep in mind with that one that Ken Levine, who was the the driving person behind uh, the Bioshock series and uh, System Shock 2 um, left after Infinite and founded its own company to do a Bioshock-esque game. I completely lost track what even happened because that was like 2011 or no? No, uh, No, it was uh, I think uh, 2014. 2014, yeah. So after Infinite. But again, a long time, yeah. And I need to and after the after the recording, I need to check this this one up because I followed followed uh, for a while um, on the development of that new studio and the ideas Ken Levine had, and then it just vanished and nobody talks about Ken Levine anymore. But I think there was a was a case where they may probably struggling. I think they might even have been struggling with Bioshock Infinite at some point. Um, to, to definitely
1: fo- that game was a very troubled development, and you know they brought in what's his name, Rod Ferguson. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as a closer essentially like to, to to really finish and ship that game. So yeah that definitely had a lot of issues as well.
0: So the the DNA of the Bioshock series was so much revolving around uh, rapture as a setting, not only the game but also as a setting because a lot of the game mechanics and the game loops are basically persistent since system shock, right So it was not exactly something new but let's say uh, built into more streamlined perfection in that regards. Um, less clunky
1: um, but then it's great that Richard is not here right you can exactly. say words like clunky yeah. and don't feel ashamed of yourself uh,
0: and then after Bioshock 2 they had they were like even with Bioshock 2 was a little bit problematic then they were even more struggling and then it's a question where do you go with that series I think Bioshock for me is a case where after Infinite maybe they should close that chapter and just be happy with it like I had my issues I had more issues with Infinite than with Bioshock 2 I think Bioshock Two is still an underrated game, and uh, holy shit, you need to play the uh, DLC Minerva's Den. Den. But um, yeah, and then if if you leave someone like I think Ken Levine had a shit ton of uh, impact and influence on that series, and maybe they were struggling with to 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 work with him. Like I'm still convinced that as much as I don't want to defend Konami. I think uh, Hideo Kojima at some point was probably really, really hard to work with. Maybe the same with Ken Levine. And what do you do? Like, uh, I'm I don't know. Like, a new Bioshock game is nothing which gets me excited in a sense of that. I absolutely adore the series. Bioshock Game uh, 1 especially is one of the games um, I finished like, I think there hasn't been a single game which I finished more often than Bioshock 1 probably like a dozen dozen times. No, Not, kid, not even kidding. But um, I, I don't see where the series as a whole would benefit from a new game. Maybe they, they bring up a good idea The see also the, the um, genre developed for, further and into different branched up into different things. we see that the DSX series was also struggling so I don't know uh, let's see
1: Yeah I mean I'm still tentatively interested yeah um... Obviously, uh, it has to be said that, like, while I like a lot of his games, Ken Levine also has a certain reputation for maybe not being the easiest person to work yep. with. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, you know, like a new studio's take on it. All we know so far from some of their job openings that seemingly it's going to be an all new world. It's neither going to be Rapture nor Columbia. So um, yeah, we'll see, you know, so I'll definitely keep an eye on it now um something that you know both of us and it has to be said i think most people know by now but like it has to be said from time to time that both of us are ubisoft employees right mm-hmm. and as such one thing that i never hear about anybody talking about is that they want a new splinter cell game right have you, you know, ever heard I'm... anybody yeah. like shout about that on twitter or outside your house and stuff like that to be honest
0: if you if you if you uh say something like Splinter or Sam Fisher, people usually look at you very confused and start on start Googling because they have no idea uh, what you're actually talking about.
1: Yeah, I know I noticed one guy, his name is Steve. Um like he, he asked me like maybe like once every five years like is didn't you guys used to make like this game like Fisherman's Friend? Fisherman Sam or something <laughs> like that. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, of course, um, it has to be said that a franchise that is frequently asked about um, by fans is Splinter Cell. Um, the last Splinter Cell game, Blacklist, was released for last-gen consoles August 2013, so much like Bioshock, um, right before the current uh, crop of you know consoles came out. And there has not been any news, official news since. Uh, interestingly enough, um, there's been, you know, ever so often there's people rumors, rumor, there's rumors and leaks about alleged new Splinter Cell games and then nothing ever happens. So, you know, maybe that's a lesson to not trust everything you read online unless it's from my Twitter account or Todd Howard's, but I don't think Todd Howard's on Twitter, so ignore that last part. But it has to be said that at least, you know, it, nobody could accuse Ubisoft of not, you know, taking care of the fans because uh, Sam Fisher has been showing up in more and more unrelated non-Splinter Cell games. Uh, He's been in a time-limited event in Wildlands. I think it was time-limited. In Ghost Recon Wildlands. Mm -hmm. He's the latest operator coming to Rainbow Six Siege. He's in a mobile game. So there is Sam Fisher around. It's just maybe not exactly the Splinter Cell game that some fans are waiting for.
0: I mean, maybe I have to be a little bit careful here, but I think it's cruel. Because every time we, we do something with Sam Fisher... People completely lose their mind and going batshit crazy, and then they realize, oh, it's 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 not a new Splinter Cell game.
1: I love doing that. Like every single time, like something new is announced, I just retweet them to be like, are you people now happy? Here's your Sam Fisher. Yeah. And every time I get the same reactions from the steves of the world.
0: It's fun. I hey, not that I wouldn't wouldn't love to see a new Splinter Cell game. Actually, I would. I think
1: that would be great. But we'll see. I don't know. Who knows? Well, I still stand by my uh, maybe controversial take that Splinter Cell Conviction is my favorite one.
0: Hmm. Hmm. But also, you're you're a very weird guy, so.
1: Hmm. Then one that hurts me the most out of everybody, um, actually, if you think about it, Halo. So Halo Four came out in November 2012. And then three years later, we got Halo 5 as the only new mainline shooter on this console generation so far, because Infinite, of course, got delayed recently. And that really to, you know, put that into cont- uh, contra- um, context. I was going to say, contrast is weird. To put it into context for you, dear listeners and dear basties. So it has never been more than three years between mainline Halo games. So Halo 1 to Halo 2, three years, Halo 2 to Halo 3, three years, always three years. Um, So with the delay of Infinite, it will be more than five years uh, between Halo 5 and Halo Infinite. That is unprecedented long for the franchise. As I said, it's never been more than three. So, you know, it's quite a while between games. And it also means that so far on this generation, and again, you know, it depends on how you want to put things because we know that Halo Infinite is coming to the current gen consoles, but also it will be happening after the release of new consoles. So strictly speaking, you know, by or at least by my definition, if we just go by release windows of new consoles, it means that on the current gen con, uh, current generation of consoles, there will just have been a single um, Halo new new Halo main uh, mainline title released. Shocking. Um, by was shocking. No, it's it it, it is is very noticeable because you know we we already talked up there. We talked a lot about um, several Sony studios who just released one game this generation. We talked about Retro Studios. And I mean of course uh, you know, the Halo guys they've been busy of course for example with the Massachusetts Collection which has been doing gangbusters for them on PC, like they've improving that constantly, adding more ports to that. But, but when it comes to releasing full new games on this generation, um it's been, you know, it's been it's been meager. It's slim pickings for for the likes of myself.
0: To be honest, uh Microsoft in general was not especially if you if you um back at the 360 era not that fond of releasing new own ips games uh, or their own own ips on on that console i mean probably halo 5 is to blame i mean i have no idea how the how successful at the end halo 5 was but uh, a lot of people said it was not living up to the expectations they had in that game in the series so maybe they were also at the point where like okay we we Lost. Uh, we, we shot all our ammunition right now. We're a little bit out of ideas, so we n- maybe need to take a little bit more time to to make a big game so that we're not losing steam with uh, Halo 6. And uh, we ended up with Craig. Craig will save us all. He's our Lord and Savior. Cool. Also, does Halo was... Like, this? sequel doesn't count, right? Um...
1: A spin-off. It's yeah, like thinking. that's why I always said like mainline games. I mean, you know, for example, yeah. for example, of course, like there's been a ton of Final Fantasy games, that's but there were not not you know new numbered mainline titles. Um. So yeah, of course, I mean, we've talked about it a lot in recent episodes. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more talk in future episodes about Halo Infinite, but also worth pointing out that yeah, this series has definitely you know lost its stride a little bit this generation. And finally, a game that seems to a franchise that seems to get ever slower. And that is, uh, which is weird, given the subject matter, because it should be going fast. Uh, That is Gran Turismo. Sonic games, oh. you got to go fast if you're Sonic. So uh, PS1, PS2, and PS3 all had at least two uh, mainline uh, GTA games. And, you know, there was always, like, a little bit of filler content between, like, uh, Gran Turismo HD on a PS3, or, like, you know, those concept games on on PS2. But for the PS4, it will only be a single uh, GT game. It's only going to be a Gran Turismo Sport, which came out in 2017, so four years after previous game. Um, they've already announced uh, Gran Turismo 7. Interesting enough, so Gran Turismo 7 is actually the eighth main game in the series, um, if you want to count Sport. But um, yeah, that is definitely now it seems like a, a one in once in a in the console generation, you know, event tentpole kind of release for for Sony. Which is also interesting. I mean, I get it. Of course, you know, we talked a lot about already with the with the Rockstar games. We talked about how fidelity and production values make make releasing stuff ever more expensive and more time intensive. And of course, once you have you know hundreds of cars at uh, the graphics and fidelity levels that GT has, um, yeah, it probably takes some time to do that, right?
0: I mean, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of of racing and sports game in general. Um, so I'm actually lacking a little bit of uh, opinions here, but I think we talked about that. Or I asked that in a, in a previous episode. Is it also that maybe like post-launch DLC support for these kind of games got stronger compared to the past, where it was maybe before that they relied more on, on retail copies?
1: I don't know. I mean, definitely. Like, um, I have in the past said, I believe, and I, I firmly stand by the opinion that you know while Sony's super successful with their single-player stuff. They have been very bad so far at establishing any you know, games as a service titles or any ongoing titles, with the exception of GT Sport. Like mm-hmm. that is the one game it feels like that after release got a ton of new you know not only content but also new features, um, new ways to play new improvements. So it feels like really that is is the, the one successful service thing that I've done a great job with mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that is just the thing. like it's the same thing we're seeing you know, with with Microsoft when they say that they want to reinvent Forza Motorsport as a as a platform. You know, so maybe this is just a, a fact that, you know, thanks to online these days, uh, it's it's never gonna be a case again, like on the, on the Xbox or PS2, you know, where you release several racing games every couple of years, but it's just a thing where you release, you know, a, a big tent pole platform kind of thing for your racing franchise, you know, for your GT, for your Forza Motorsport. And then over the years, you add to it, you improve it, you know, re- you release new content. Um, would make sense, i guess yeah. that is definitely you know it, it, to me it feels like that is a genre that where this can really work this approach yeah and i mean as you are a racing aficionado you would probably agree right
0: absolutely you gotta, absolutely. You gotta go fast you need all the cars you need all the skin jobs and all, all the spoilers not that this kind of spoilers and uh, you, you gotta race and drive why do you
1: sound like a psychopath or like a cannibal when you say you need a skin job?
0: <laughs> I have the feeling that outside of the the classic racing games, right? So you you're racing around the race course with your yeah. racing car. That all attempts to well, all entries uh, in the last couple of years, which try to make it a little bit different, or series which were like more like, you're an actual cr- criminal on. Uh, illegal streetcar racing or you drive around the world etc all these games were actually not really successful especially in the long run i have the feeling people just want racing games and nice cars in high definition
1: and nothing else uh, i mean I, I i don't think that that you know people would like necessarily be you know, did they conceptually opposed to your idea of like having more fleshed out single player but as you mentioned it feels like so far nobody has ever done a and maybe you know it's just very difficult i couldn't think of anything myself but nobody has any, ever done a single player storyline that went beyond a you know fast to fierce knockoff yeah. like anything about illegal street racing or clearing your name or whatever um it feels like it always hovers around that but yeah i mean yeah, for example with gt like it's always been very very you know th- this is serious racing right you know this is i mean it's serious racing right to the point where like they have a they have like like an esports thing where like you know if you are good enough at GT, uh, they put you in a real race car in the real world, right? So, yeah. Um, so that is definitely very very serious. But yeah, um. Oh, what what I always found fascinating with GT, you know, is like that it's it is like super hardcore, and I have to say personally I find it very boring. Like I've never liked GT, but um, you know, like it it's this very hardcore thing, but like it's 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 just selling like you know hotcakes like like somehow they managed to make something that you know like by it like it normally you would say like by its by its definition it should be very niche and very small audience and it's just selling millions every time especially in europe so like you know however they do it like kudos to them because they really you know cracked that nut
0: i have the feeling it's a little bit uh, like soccer games where you have a group of gamers uh, of people who consume video games which play maybe only FIFA and only Gran Turismo and nothing else you know what I mean it's like this daddy has his video game Friday night evening where he plays a newest racing game but other than that he has rarely spare time to play games whatsoever because he has a family or something I don't know could be who knows you know what would get me back into racing games would get me back behind a steering wheel a digital steering wheel bring back Camagheton
1: Man, those games I, I I haven't played one like I think like almost since I started PC gaming back then. You're again, of course. You know, being a teenager it was like cool. It was because it was so edgy, and of course in Germany it was banned. It was like, damn, this yeah. is so gangster. I don't think it was a fantastic game, was it?
0: No, to be honest, I think it was really really shitty.
1: <laughs> but you like uh, to, to the eyes of eyes of the like the young, uh, you know, re- rebel gentleman. It was like, oh my God, so cool. But yeah, Busty, this brings me to the end of my list. Like these are all great examples of, you know, for a variety of reasons, as we mentioned initially, you know, be it be it like ongoing post post launch support, you know, with games as a service, or just of course the high production values, as with Rockstar or GT, but like, you know, a lot of games and a lot of studios are releasing a lot less games these days than they did in the past, which is totally understandable, but it's still a noticeable trend. Um so do you have any last last words? And I mean, don't mean last words. You know, like like the fantastic mm-hmm. handgun in Destiny 2. I mean, like you know, conversationally, mm-hmm. as as a discussionado.
0: I I wonder, the gaming world is changing, right? Games are is. different now. We're living in a digital age. We are living in the in the uh, subscription Netflix era of video games, and I wonder, games. Would Which takes seven, eight years in development and costs hundreds of millions of dollars, where is there space in a world where most people enjoy a ton of different games jumping on and off via services like Xbox Game Pass? I mean, Red Dead 2 is just... We're
1: almost mentioning that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, Red Dead 2 is now leaving Xbox Game Pass, and I think it was successful. It probably helps to push their post-launch content, but... You shouldn't forget that yes with the first party titles they are often system sellers but they also especially when they're not a first party title rely heavily heavily on on retail sales and I think there is a there's an issue there and um, if I think about how busy I am usually with my Xbox Game Pass library uh, I play less and less of these huge games and more and more smaller, or medium sized games on and off so I wonder how they will change, and if they will change, because I think that's a rather kind of like old model to just increase the development budget and development time more and more and more. We will see.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely don't expect you know, like that. We're suddenly going to see more games in the future. Um, at, at on, on the high end, triple H, I mean, at triple A. I mean, as you mentioned, of course, with stuff like Xbox Game Pass, like these services, they are reliant, as we see with Netflix, on having a steady stream of content. So I think we're just going to see more of like, you know, like the mid-tier games again, which is also cool because for a while it seemed like the mid-tier was disappearing. We we're just left with indies and the high-end AAA stuff. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, like services, like subscriptions or so, or new business models actually bring those in-between games back. Because like a lot of them, I have to say like on, you know, 360 generation or so, some of my favorite games you know were like those those in-between, those AA games or so, you know, not the super high-end um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely going to be interesting to see you know, what what's happening in the future. So, Basti, if people want to share their opinions with you about whether Aquaman could beat King Shark in a fist fight underwater or on land, how could they reach you?
0: Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at BastianToon, T-H-U-N. But if you have any weird opinions such as that Bioshock Infinite is the best Bioshock game, please don't talk to me.
1: Uh, actually, Bioshock Infinite is my favorite Bioshock game. It's the only one i finished, so by default, it's my favorite, right? Because
0: it has a Disney princess, right? That's the reason for you.
1: Uh, she is quite lovely. She is, though. Um, If you want to reach us in general, you can do so the old-fashioned way via email to projectorlunchcast at gmail.com, or just one word, projectorlunchcast at gmail.com, or the new-fashioned cool hipster way um, on Twitter via at plungecast. p lunchcast plungecast. Um, and of course if you don't want to talk to us in general because you're kind of afraid of Busty which is totally understandable also King Shark would win that fight easily because Aquaman, seriously Aquaman is a joke um, you can always talk to me on Twitter at com underscore raven um, we're always delighted to hear from you dear audience uh, but for now I would say Busty we, we bid our dear audience farewell shall we?
0: Yeah yeah we do we do See you next time. Maybe next week, if you we think that we have a Gamescom week this week, uh, we have some some uh, new interesting topics to talk about.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Jeff Keighley just said like on Thursday on the opening night live, they're going to show a new demo of Ratchet & Clank. He, he, he said there may be new infos on the female Lombax, and I think that's all we need for an episode, right? We old Absolutely. Lombax action. Yeah, old Take care school. of the audience and talk to you next week.
0: We the old school
1: Yeah, old school.